so work was really hellacious today. Yeah. And uh, me too. It's just like that season, you know? And so here's what I, here's what I hope is that by the time this podcast gets going, that I'm able to lay it down. I may do a prayer right now in the B, in the B roll of this episode, a B roll cold open prayer. I believe so. This is going to have to happen just because, you know, because we are combating evil, like it's, we really need to hit this thing with prayer. So So I'm just going to pray really fast and it's going to be a quick one. I'm just going to say, God, allow me to just lay down all of this stuff, this baggage from today and just come to the podcast, super humble and just, just with no baggage coming in. I'm, I'm ready to receive, um, you and I'm ready to have a good time and do the episode. So just allow me to do that. It's in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. So man, I feel that weight coming off. Get that weight off my shoulders. I got a monkey on my back. I got a sack of bricks on my back. I got this uh, coal on my head. I got to get that praise out. I got two sets of weights mm-hmm. on my shoulders. They're dumbbells. I just throw them all off. Take the backpack off. God's doing it for me. Um. So, yeah, yeah um, buddy. today was a stressful day, but I'm happy to be back with you all. Um. We are doing uh like a really fun start to a series. <laughs> Super exciting. <laughs> yeah. <It's> so- <laughs> <laughs> so well with that being said you, oh yeah you, you guys you guys just wait for this intro music you are gonna you're gonna love i it. can't wait. so let's just let's do without the further ado i have no idea what it sounds like but let's go i'm zach i'm colin and i'm bob <laughs> and welcome, welcome to the House Plants Podcast. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. <laughs> the mission of Jesus is not scary at all, except to the evil people out there. There are Those super scary evil, <laughs> evil doers and wicked ones will forever be destroyed. Right now. As Jesus' mission is being enacted in the world, it is Halloween for demons, okay? Do you remember when he walked up to those two and they were like, oh gosh, no, please don't torture us before our allotted time? That'll be a, that'll preach. When we talk about horror movies, it'll be Right now, there's a parallel universe with all like atheists, Satanists, and demons hanging out like Mm -hmm. in like a movie club or somewhere. And they're like, dude. I just found the scariest movie. You guys ready for this? It's called God's Not Dead. I'm just kidding. It's uh, true, though. God's God's son, who is the king of kings, would be terrifying to the demons and the dark they are. forces. Yeah. So um, on the on the subject of terror, since it is October and we are closely approaching. It's Rocktober. It's Rocktober. <laughs> I know. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. Um, uh, we are closely approaching the most evil satanic of all holidays <laughs> that Christians should never talk about. Except no. for Hank Hill, <laughs> who goes, trick or, or treat, <laughs> trick or treat. <laughs> and then people come out in droves. To them. Maybe we should talk about that episode oh, on the Halloween. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So should. this this one is we're going to start. Uh, we're going to do um, we're going to talk about a very satanic or is it game? And maybe a few others. But before we do that, we are going to do some worship. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about this worship. So you're not shocked when you hear it. Okay. We on the podcast like to keep things um, Kentucky fresh, uh, Christian fresh, and uh, 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 above board for families. But in this particular occasion, because it is so evil, it's the month of evil. Um, 
Oh my god. Tone it down, Colin. Tone I'm, it down. I'm, I'm really hamming this up. We're getting kicked out of the Christian bookstore <laughs> yeah. as yeah. it is. Right yeah, now. Lifeway is just gonna be like, no, sir, not that episode. <laughs> Put an asterisk next to us. Uh so we're gonna do uh we're gonna do a, a worship song. I have kind of rearranged the doxology hymn um and uh, done some fun things with it, but we are going to do it in a style that has previously been called evil or wrong or maybe possibly satanic which maybe you still believe that you're talking about 1920s jazz right oh my gosh i'm talking about the gregorian <laughs> tritones oh yeah no yeah. Um, I'm, I'm we're gonna be doing some metal and so for the first time ever on the podcast except for maybe you could argue the uh camel rock version of blessed assurance, but that's not really, that's more rock than metal. Yeah. This one's going to be purely metal and I hope you're strapped into your seat and I hope your kids have left the living room so you can listen to this alone and keep the, keep the yeah. bad stuff away from them. No, I'm I'll just do teasing. my patented like four or five note shredding. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so without further ado, worship.
to come to you today and say that we love you and appreciate you. We think that um, our mission with this podcast is to glorify you. And so we pray that you would be a part of it so that we can glorify you through it. Uh, God, we pray to, uh, to you tonight specifically to fill us um, with ears ready to hear, minds ready to learn, and hearts ready to receive your Holy Spirit. So it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I hope we still have any listeners left. That is an awesome (laughs) version of that song. That's funny because we've done now a couple different versions of doxology. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy the doc slush. I'm glad you all read this. this <laughs> well, awesome. here's you remember our Seeger Rose version. I do. Yeah. I, you know, and, and Seeger Rose is also very controversial for the Christian community. If you actually know, anyway, that's another time topic. Um, so <laughs> for inventing a language, <laughs> yeah, well, going against like hope landing, <laughs> hope landing. So, uh, so yeah, no, we, um, uh, in all seriousness, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of like w- this series is dubbed. Is it evil? And part of that will be kind of really looking at both sides of the Is argument. Is it evil? evil. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's it's going to be uh, an interesting next few weeks because we're really going to look at because throughout uh, what I would call like the modern Christian movement that has yes. come up. You could say uh, Christian culture. Uh, well, they yeah. call it the yeah. modern Christian movement after like the 70s. It's like okay. what, they, what they would dub this era of the Christian movement okay. as opposed to like it's revi- since that revival time. Yeah. Gotcha. We have seen a lot of uh, 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 panic. They call it the satanic panic. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's because of a lot of things that were associated with sa- the satanic beliefs or church or possibly things that would uh, corrupt children, make them turn to Satanism uh, or whatever. So, And is ge- it all focused on the actual satanic church? Or I wouldn't say so. Just anything cultural that looks a bit evil. Well, 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 right. that, well that's kind of what the panic was really was, mm-hmm. was it was a, it was a moral panic. That's right. Ba- based around anything that did seem to illuminate that, that seemed in any way, shape or form to be associated with evilness. And I, I yeah. don't, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's similar to the red scare for like McCarthyism hmm. and, and communism. But in many ways I, you can, it could be argued. The red devil scare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, red dragon. You know, you, you know but but in many ways, you, you could it, it, the argument yeah. could be made though, nonetheless, that like maybe similar. Yeah, because there was so, a satanic but, but potentially, church. Potentially, yes, and still yes, is, I guess. So yeah. so there yeah. is a um, there is a uh, a particular game. This is going to be our first week. We're going to be talking about a certain game. Shoots well, well, and ladders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure they've already seen the title of the episode. They called. do. So they, you guys know, we're talking about. D and D devil and demons. No, it's dungeons <laughs> and dragons. dragons. So, um, yes. so before, before I even tell you about dungeons and dragons, I have a fun joke. Yes. I have to sell this joke. Okay. Cause I wrote it and I think it's pretty funny. <laughs> if you've never played dungeons and dragons or any kind of tabletop game, like Dungeons and Dragons, then you may not get this joke at all. So you might be like scratching your head, like not laughing at all, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Jesus walks into the temple and sees Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John playing a game of D and D the characters the people are playing the characters of an arcane trickster, a swashbuckler, a mastermind, and a scout. Jesus flips over the table in disgust and says, you've turned this temple into a den of thieves. 
<laughs> Don't you mean a den of rogues? Yeah, well, or? technically. <laughs> uh, if you're talking about the first edition of D&D, the, the class was called Thief. Um, but uh, we will we will get into that. So, <laughs> so here's here's so here's, so, so, so be, be, before so first of all, throughout this episode, you're going to hear D and D is short for Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. You're going to hear other um, like abbreviations as GG well. GG is short for Gary Gygax or good game. GG GG <laughs> is good game. Gary Gygax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so so before so before we even get into D and D, one of the springboards we need to talk about for the entire series is evil itself. Now that's right. Uh, we're yes. we're gonna go into how this. do we know like whether we're defining something as evil or not? So we're gonna yeah. go into this because through the rest of the series, we're going to continue to ask that question. Yes. And in week two, we're going to be talking about horror movies. And then in week three, we're going to go for the big kahuna and talk about Halloween. Now, those are all, all of these things we're going to be talking about have been criticized by the Christ, the modern Christian movement and the Christian culture and the Christian church as being evil. So right. we have to ask that question do, mm -hmm. Based on what we understand about the scriptures and based on what we understand about God's definition of evil, do do these things have evil attributes and do they by themselves without yeah. any influence cause the stumbling of Christian Christian teens or whatever? So uh -huh. before we even ask that question, we have to talk about what evil is. What is evil? So, cool. so, um, I just want to, I just want to open this up real quick before we mm -hmm. get into the nitty gritty and just ask you all. Okay. Without really knowing too much, what mm -hmm. would you think would be like a very summed up version of what the word evil should mean? Um, I, I guess, I, I guess for me, it's, it's, um, acts that go against the will of God. Yeah. So let me, let me preface by saying one thing. Sure. That's go a ahead. good, that's a, that's a good answer. Uh -huh. Yeah. But the world uses the word evil mm -hmm. they don't true. they don't and don't and yeah. don't necessarily ascribe it to christianity anymore right but that the is, word sin statement. but the word sin is almost always ascribed to christianity yeah so Ooh, do you understand so, and then so, so, wickedness falls yeah. somewhere in the in the middle so it could be argued that the definition i gave was the definition for sin not necessarily for the broad. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I wouldn't say maybe. that. No, we we understand what God ah. thinks evil is, and that's right. fine. But what I'm saying yeah. is, to different people in the world, the the word evil, mm -hmm. who gotcha. for non Christians, that's, would take on a different cast. So, yeah. so, so, so we are using evil and sin pretty much synonymously as Christians. As a Christians. lot of times, and in yeah. the yeah. scriptures, you will find that we will talk about why sin is somewhat different than evil in a minute. But I'm just trying to lay a groundwork yeah. of saying that if you are a person who is not a Christian and you use the word evil, you might be talking about something that is just morally apprehensible. You might be saying, OK, based on what I understand of right and wrong, that's evil. Like, uh, sure. And they could be right to pick up to pick up a yeah, to pick up a piece of the wedding cake. Uh, if your uncle Larry at the wedding before the cake is cut goes and takes a big swath of it and just stuffs it in his mouth, you oh, might call man. that evil. <laughs> that, that is pretty like, evil. That, that, uncle that, that, Larry is evil. He ruined my yeah. wedding. So, yeah. so what I'm saying is we understand a different cast of the mm -hmm. word evil. Yeah. So yeah. first, first thing we're going to do on the podcast yeah. is say that we are going to define evil as the guidelines set by the scriptures to right. evil as yeah. to the best of our ability. Yeah. I want to add to what Bob said because I think it's very interesting because you and I thought the same thing about evil being as God defines it, you know, mm -hmm. but the rest of the world, I think that 
has lost the um, the focus on God. Yeah. Uh, and they don't realize that God is the one who's defining good. So evil would be defined as what is against God. That's yeah. true. So um, I think, you know, without God, you kind of end up in a situation like where it says in Judges that the people did what was right in their own eyes. That's true. And right. so now people, yeah. And so, and it's not just a problem now, like this is a problem throughout all of human existence. Yeah. Which we, is part of what Judges was there to show us. What Judges was showing us, it's the problem of the Garden of Eden too. Mm-hmm. To, to discern and choose evil for yourself between evil and good and decide what's right. So there's another, yeah. there's another extra caveat to the word evil. That mm-hmm. we're going to see in the Bible mm-hmm. too. That actually doesn't necessarily like based on what the Bible says about the times it uses the word evil in the Old Testament, it might not necessarily have anything to do with God, which is interesting. I think it does. I think it it should, but in the context of certain scripture, if you take them out of context, um, like for example, in First Kings, um, in the KJV, uh, they would define. Uh, literally like acts like tornadoes, yeah. they would say an evil was done on this people, meaning yeah. meaning like injuries and like tragedies mm, yep. and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Natural evil. It's Natural like evil. That's yeah. right. So they almost would ascribe evil to calamity. Mm-hmm. So, but as we understand in the context of the entire scripture, we know that God allows or disallows or prevents right. or yeah. whatever sometimes rains things down. So, can we say it's not associated with God? I would say no. Well, well if, if if God does it, then that's kind of be kind of hard to to call it evil. But 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 you know what? I think we'll talk more about that next yeah. episode. Yes, yeah, we will. Yes, we true. will. So, but also, so there's a great article, and I'm going to share this in the uh, maybe in the uh, notes of this episode, yeah. and we'll probably share it throughout because I keep coming back to it. What is the definition of evil? Um, and it's this article from a website called gotquestions.org. I mm-hmm. think you should check it out. It's really good. It gives tons of scriptural references about the different uses of evil, sin, and wickedness, which are almost interchangeable. A lot, a lot of people use got questions. I think it's a great, great yeah. place to start on these type of topics. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, 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 they, they, they do a yeah. great job of, of, of summing up a lot of basic information about, from the Bible. And J.P. Moreland who is apparently a Christian philosopher. I, I don't know this guy. You As guys. opposed to J.P. Morgan. <laughs> yes, that's right. He, he once said that evil is a lack of goodness. It mm. is goodness spoiled. You can have good without evil, but you cannot have evil without good. And that was a that was like a yeah. quote that continued to carry on. But I think there's another guy we should be hearing yeah. from. I want to... I want to read this because this goes exactly along with uh, what you just read. Okay. It's really cool because I didn't know you were going to bring that article in. And this is like pretty much exactly the same. So, so, no, but but yeah. we're going to hear in yeah. more detail from uh, some ya boy. man who has a sandwich named after him. Yeah, boy. In the uh, Wilmore shop called Solomon's Porch. The C.S. Lewis. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do it. So, okay, because C.S. Lewis was British, I feel like I should read this in a British accent. So I'm going to do this. But this is uh, C.S. Lewis kind of describing what the origin of evil is and, and what is evil. So, so this is coming from yeah. mere Christianity? This is from mere Christianity. Gotcha. You can be good for the sake of mere goodness. You cannot be bad for the sake of badness. You can do a kind action when you are not feeling kind, and it gives you no pleasure simply because kindness is right. But no one ever did a cruel action simply because cruelty is wrong, only because cruelty was pleasant or useful to him. In other words, badness cannot succeed even in being bad in the same way in which goodness is good. 
badness is only spoiled goodness, and there must be something good first before it can be spoiled. We called sadism a sexual perversion, but you must first have an idea of normal sexuality before you can talk of its being perverted, and the perverted from the natural cannot be explained, the normal from the perverted. It follows that this bad power, who is supposed to be on equal footing with the good power, and to love badness in the same way as the good power loves goodness, is a mere bogey. <laughs> in order to be bad, he must have good things to want and then to pursue in the wrong way. He must have impulses which were originally good in order to be able to pervert them. But if he is bad, he cannot supply himself with either good things to desire or with good impulses to pervert. Put it more simply still, to be bad, he must ex exist and have intelligence and will. But existence, intelligence, and will are in themselves good. Therefore, he must be getting these from the good power. Even the bad must borrow or steal from his opponent. And you do not begin to... S and do you now begin to see why Christianity has always said that the devil is a fallen angel? This is not a mere story for children. It is a real recognition of the fact that evil is a parasite, not an original thing. There we go. Oh my goodness! So, so <laughs> yes. the, the big the, uh, before you move on, Colin. No, I'm not going to move on. But go ahead. Yeah, uh, but I just want to say that anyone who has not read *Mere Christianity*, great book. It, you need to pick it up. You need to read it. Is it is an incredible? Yeah. You can't help but read it in your head. In a yeah, British accent. You guys like, that yeah. you think you're Christian, you haven't even read it. <laughs> I, I know all the. Have you even read *Mere Christianity*? I, I haven't. So. I've read those. The one. So it's a phenomenal book. That's a great resource. Let me take from that kind of like a big thing that is going to be prevalent mm -hmm. against the normal argument. Okay. So a lot of people would say good versus evil. Sure. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis and this article both have a sort of a different take. And the take is that evil is like the rightness of existence and the absence of that rightness, that goodness is what yeah. they define as evil. They aren't the absence of two. Uh, they aren't two yeah. equal objects. One is the object and one is the absence of it. Yeah. So, 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 so kind of like how um, a vacuum is the absence of, yeah. of, of atmosphere. Yeah. Well, also if, I mean, really people like to do the same thing. They say light and dark, they're equal. Yeah. The truth is darkness is the, literally the absence, the absence of, light. of light. Even like a candle would light, any darkness that it's next to you. Like, That's right. And yeah. so, and so yeah. in the same way, evil is in this mm -hmm. context, the absence of goodness. Okay. And okay. I like the way this article kind of sums things up yeah. too. Uh, and it'll, it'll just compliment mere Christianity. Of course, I won't do it the same kind of justice, but I like how it ends here. It says, God is not the author of moral evil. Rather, it is his holiness that defines it. Yep. Yeah. Created in God's image, we bear the responsibility to make moral choices that please God and confirm to his conform to his will. He wills our sanctification, one of Zach's favorite words, in that you can reference, mm -hmm. you can see in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, and does not wish us sin. In repentance and faith in Christ, we have forgiveness of sin and a reversal of the moral evil within us. Mm -hmm. And that's based on Acts yeah. 3.19. As God's children, we walk according to this command. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, which is right. Romans 12, 21. And so 
What we understand about evil is it is the absence of, in this context, it will be the absence of God or, and furthermore, the calamities that are, dis, are, are listed in the scripture typically are God allowing the calamity as a result of mm-hmm. sin where evil then comes in and yeah. is a destructive force as a result. So, um, that is our baseline. Okay. Mm-hmm. And going into D and D and some of the other games are going to be talking about, we need to try and understand if that is being accomplished by a game. Okay. Newsflash. Yeah. Mm, so can, not. so we'll can see. things be evil? So, so right. So, um, mm. so, uh, uh, the other thing that will be a good baseline is this scripture, which everybody knows, which is the love of money is yeah. the root of all evil. We've talked about this in a previous episode. Do you, do you understand is that money? The thing that is, evil? is it money or is it the love of money? And so when we start talking about these subjects, we're going to ask the question, is it evil? All so, I know is I'm all right, Jack. Keep your hands off of my stack. <laughs> do, 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 boom. All right. So I will start us off here because I do. I do actually. I'm a, I'm an avid D&D player. And mm. when I say D&D, I am just using a general like it really is. It's, it's become a general term for people who don't maybe play these kinds of games. But there are so, so many games that are exactly like D&D, but have a different setting and a different set of rules. The different way you roll the dice. Uh, different um, source materials. So if you want to play a game that feels like you're playing, uh, you're in Star Trek or uh, Lord of the Rings or superheroes or superheroes, or if you want to be a vampire, you know, anything. So they have all of the games set up for that. Now that is a, it's a huge thing, just mm-hmm. like video games, just like movies, they have all of the different source material. But if we're, we're, we're going to talk specifically about D and D because D and D was the main game yeah. in the, satanic panic area of the the late 70s early 80s that made people just go nuts it's definitely the one that like gets the bad rap i mean mm-hmm. you don't see like it's it's well it's you know the most famous yep. thing is going to be like what you go to you know the thing that everybody knows yeah. about there's so, no parents like marching down the street with protest signs protesting warhammer but they should protest Warhammer. You know how long it takes to paint all those minis? It takes forever. <laughs> they don't let you buy pre-painted minis. All right, so let me just give you a baseline. This is some research I've done just to kind of like sum things up. D&D and games like it are classified as role-playing games, so we're going to refer to them as RPGs, role-playing yeah. games, because you assume the role of an individual character. Role-playing games can be a tabletop game, so you play like with your friends at like a dinner table uh, or role-playing games can also be video games because you assume the role Mm -hmm. of a character. Um, The the difference would be if you played a video game that is like a fighting game where you pick different characters, things like that. A role-playing game is you deciding to be a character. And for people who don't play any games like this at all, imagine that you are in a improv workshop or maybe a play. Yes. And yes. And, And so you would assume the role of the character you are playing. That is a big part of what makes this game. And just like that in uh, D and D, everybody shouts out, "Uh, give me a, give me a job. (laughs) Give me a location. Somebody get (laughs) birthday party. (laughs) All right. So I storm into the birthday party with my broadsword and I shoot a fireball at the, the the kid who's trying to be the uh, life of the party and overshadow the birthday boy. (laughs) 
I've saved the day again. So, <laughs> so besides that is the big aspect that that really sets it apart from other yes. games. And and D and D very much resides more in the fantasy realm of things. Well, d- specifically, that's why it's called Dungeons and Dragons. Is it's yeah. very much a reference mm-hmm. to things like Tolkien's writings. I would argue you could also play um, uh, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. You could do all the, like a lot of fantasy yeah. settings. So, so what, one of the big things with this though is that it's is that when you play this out on the table, is that it's you you it's it's very much imaginary based in a lot of ways. Yes. Well, and and, and and it's a lot of voice acting more so than anything. As, as and what I mean by that is that you don't have people actually carrying around swords, swinging them around at people physically. You do, that, but that is a different thing called yeah, LARPing, LARPing or live action mm-hmm. role playing. Yes. Now that huh. I find to be. But okay, okay. But, but here's what D and D. None of us have ever done that. Yes, none just of us. As a in, clarification. In D and D, you don't actually swing swords no, physically you at people. No, you don't. And, and in fact, the mm-hmm. the you could play the entire game without ever using anything except for one they, uh, twenty-sided dice. Yeah, they make and that's it. They make really expensive like figures and um, but you don't sets. need them but yes yeah you, you don't can. so you technically don't need any of but, that but, but the point is that yeah. it's very much voice acting in a lot of ways it's imagination and very much voice acting. it's so, very much like podcasting <laughs> <laughs> so the the aspects you need to play a game like this like in general terms if you if it, if it was D or anything else is that is that besides all of the game mechanics that are on the table themselves the board the little pieces and yeah. stuff like that it is about you playing out the role of a person and in yes. fact one step further is what they call the dungeon master and yep. so let me just i'll finish this out and then we'll just hop right in um it's played by the voice acting aspect as bob said but then you'll roll your dice and say oh well i i, I got a 18 out of 20 on my 20 sided die so i should be able to hit this guy with the sword without missing but mm-hmm. the dungeon master on the other hand is one of the people at the table that person actually tells a lot of the story setting Mm-hmm. creates a lot of the bad guys you might fight, uh, things like that. So if you very, are... Very much kind of guides the story along. You're very much the author, but you're not the author of the characters. And so this, in a lot of ways, this is how I first interpreted when I first played. It felt like group novel writing. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Like yeah. So yeah. You you have, you're, you're telling a story. Yes. Uh, the dungeon master knows kind yeah. of where the story's going, but there is no script. The characters act out that script on the yeah. fly, it would be um, so. There is a there's a very interesting type of art uh, 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 art material that is either played out in act, uh, plays, but also in movies, and it's called a one location like act mm-hmm. thing, where like let's say everybody just like gets stuck at a bus stop. Like one a good example, which maybe Twelve Christian, Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men is a perfect example. Yeah. There's also the movie on Netflix. It's a little violent. Uh, it's a uh, it's called um, The Hateful Eight. Right. They all yeah, end up at a like a way like in station the in, the, yeah. in the Western. Uh, so basically um, in those scenarios, you have these different characters and they're mm-hmm. all interacting in different ways, but the setting is stagnant and the characters kind of write the story. Yeah. The It's not about them traveling on a train and they only have whatever. Uh, it's, it's more about the characters interacting. Mm-hmm. And so that is a big part of what makes D and D D now again, there are games where you just yeah. fight stuff where you don't role play at all, where you just like heroes. Hero Quest is just like a dumbed down version of D anD D where you just fight people and go right. through dungeons. And but stuff. that is also reliant on like the board game because it's all kind of like set out on right. the board. Yeah. So one now that my we... favorite one of my favorite things about like the the whole D anD D role playing thing is yeah. that like it doesn't really have to rely on very much at all. Like just you could literally do it with like 
paper, pencils and some dice. That's right. Um, That's right. And especially like you're not all like sitting around looking at screens, you know, like that yes. feeling of just like having some paper and just like writing some stuff down and talking it out. Like there's a lot of yeah. things that I actually really like about D and D. Um, I'm not going to just be super biased and be like, oh, it's the most amazing thing yes. ever. But and, I, and, and to be fair, we have all been avid players of D&D at one point or another. That it's not, we're not the, the, the three of us. Yes, we're, we're, we are going to discuss possible ways that there uh-huh. are stumbling blocks about D&D. But I just want to lay the groundwork and say that there are a lot of great things about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are a lot of really, really good things. And as a Christian, um, you might start to wonder about different ways of doing fellowship together and using something like D&D, but we'll get into it. First thing I want to do is talk about stumbling blocks because we have a big list here. I wrote it out. Reasons Christians would be angry or mm-hmm. worried. So <laughs> before we talk about why they actually were worried or not, um, that we have a, like a little list here. So I, I wrote some of this stuff. So these down. are actually what we think could be real stumbling blocks. They are. Well, there's two. I made a list of things yeah. that people might've mentioned about D and D. Yes. And the most, okay. yeah. Yeah. And the most obvious one here is going to be number one. The witchcraft, uh, the magic aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it's that's almost predicated on the higher thing, which is the different deities, poly, the polytheistic kind of like look that they do with true. the game because Typically, they don't just have one god. It's okay. several okay, so, so, minor gods. So, so we got we got witchcraft. We got a polytheistic society. We do. We have we have the existence of demons and devils, which is a real thing in real life, I think. Yeah. But, um, we also have a, a, a exploitative, uh, like, what do they call that? Um, overabundance of violence. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause you do a lot of sword killing. There, there, and there, things. There, there is, a, there is a lot of imaginary uh, fighting. Yeah. There is aspects of evil within the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. there is the fear that Christians have about over immersion which is something we got to talk about with like live action role playing. Mm. But if you decide that you want to get too into your character, which was a big thing that people thought was a fun that thing was something to do that, that I, you know, there's a, a Bible comic, you know, that's about, we're going to talk about that. That's okay. in here. We'll talk about that later. But yeah. yeah, that I feel like that was one thing that people were afraid of. They were afraid that if you play D and D, you would just get so addicted and sucked in immersed. So you would immersed. lose you would lose sight of reality. Yeah. And you would become like, oh, I am this character now. Mm. So then you have uh, sexual exploitation, which uh-huh. we don't see much in modern versions of D&D. But in the first couple of versions, we saw a lot of artwork, which was very, very much part of that time. Like in the 70s and 80s, things like if you've ever seen like the, you know, movie um, heavy metal, heavy metal with a lot yeah. of like the boobs and stuff a lot of artwork that was drawn the, the, right. like a lot of artwork for Conan, the barbarian things that were very uh, tied to fantasy had like girls with big chests that yeah. were revealing, but you things know, like that. it was kind of the same thing with like uh, the 10 commandments or Ben Hur and stuff too. had a lot of the similar kind of artwork. If well, you think about it, if you do, if you really do think about it, if we saw some <laughs> of the depictions of the Bible, there is, there is sexually explicit things in the Bible all over the place. But I think the shock value would be like, if mm-hmm. your mom was just looking over your shoulder while you're opening up a D and D book and you see a picture of like a scandally dressed, like sexualized woman, yeah. you might yeah. feel you're yeah. like, Oh, what are you reading? You know? Yeah. yeah. So that was so, a worry. So, yeah. To be, to, to be clear, it wasn't nudity as much as it was a little bit too revealing for a children's game. No, there was, there was a little bit of artwork that did have nudity in it. Oh, really? Wow. But this was, I'm talking early, about early seventies, which they, they eradicated. 
Gotcha. Yeah. So there were later editions. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But Gary Gygax business understood. But at the yeah. time, besides D&D, there was a lot of other stuff. Like I said, comics. Yeah. Uh, there were movies. People would just, people would just uh, decorate their vans, you know. Stuff. So, <laughs> so that was at the time a part yes. of the culture of uh-huh. fantasy. But. I'm not, I'm not going to, ju- I'm not justifying nudity. I don't think nudity is, uh, is, is okay for, for Christians to look at or anything. I'm just explaining why it was in there. Sure. Sure. So the main that thing was is a defy logic with um, like armor and stuff. Well, that's the thing we'll get into, <laughs> but there was also the, you could commit suicide in the game, you know, and to create a new character. So that was like a, like a thing people tried to associate with it. And then LARPing, as we've already discussed, was like where you just basically dress yes. up for real yeah. and try and get a real sword LARP. and run out in the field and really fight each other. Now, the, since oh, se- we say with a real, so the foam sword typically, not exclusively. There Not exclusively. Were, there were LARPers that did do with real, metal swords. Well, if you think about it, you know, the, <laughs> well, do you know the um, uh, 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 what do you call that it? The medieval, uh, the medieval, the um, medieval uh, Renaissance fair. Ren fairs. Ren fairs have real swords, real armor, but they are they're professionals that are absolutely there to, to, they do, are. to put on a performance. A lot of LARPers uh, like very much associated uh-huh. that with D and D, and then would say, okay, well, you know, there's there's a. Uh, there's these um, fairs where they yeah. do that. We love D&D. Let's like act out this real fight, whatever. So, of course, parents would be very concerned about that. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that parents, I'm sure, were very concerned about. And not a lot of them are like some of them are very justifiable. Um, sure, but but sure. a lot of them also came from the fact that parents didn't know anything about it. It's just like video games. It's kind of like an ignorance, mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know anything about this, but on surface level, it just looks really, really bad. Yeah. So that was kind of the... That was kind of the um, the big scare that was uh, associated with D&D and games like it. Sure. So um, next, I want to talk about the history a little bit. I'm, I'm going to do a lot of talking because a lot of this is my research. But once we get into stuff, I might just uh, have you guys um, uh, read some of the stuff that I wrote down here. But all right. So um, I'll just I'll just go into it. Gary Gygax is who we usually attribute D&D's creation with. But in fact, he actually worked with a lot of different people. There were three separate uh, game types. There was like a game where you only dungeon crawled and you just fought stuff in a dungeon. There was a game that had kind of like a warfare thing. And then there was a game that was a role play type game. And then Gary Gygax kind of like got together and sort of like smashed them all together. That's like that's the simplistic version of the story. I'm not going to waste Are you talking about time. like separate games that didn't have anything to do with D&D. No, I'm saying Gary Gygax had one type of game. Okay, so he made there was a different them. type of game yeah. and a different type of game. I think at I'd the time, seen the one that was like wars because it has like um like a bunch of people on horses and like chariots and stuff. And you yeah. just kind of like line them up. Huh? Yeah. So it's a, it became a game. The, the first edition of D&D was a, a, a combination of like two other games. Yeah. So you had like the dungeon crawler aspect. You had like a role play aspect and you had like a war, like a kind of like a war field yeah. mm-hmm. type game. And so um, one of the things that uh, when it was under the spotlight, one of the reasons is because many believed the game encouraged the practice of Satanism and stuff like that. But what it came down to was three games of the beginnings of like what we would call a role play tabletop game. where just like forming and, cre- and being created. And obviously that came on the heels of a lot of famous author writings. So it was like very much within that time period, things started emerging of the fantasy type comics and then games eventually. 
but that's that's kind of I'm, th- there's a lot to say with the, the whole thing. So check it out if you want to know the history of D anD. d But essentially, Gary Gygax is the person we associate with that. Right, right. Now, here's where we're going to run into some po- some problems, and these are examples of Christians kind of um, seeing things that they attributed to D anD. d that were really serious and made the news. So I'll have you guys read some of these. I have little blurbs about them. So you can just go ahead and read them and then I'll talk. I'll, I'll give you comments. Okay. So who wants to start mazes and monsters? I'll start with that one. Mazes and monsters. Okay, go ahead. James Dallas Egbert attempted suicide in some tunnels beneath Michigan state university. When he failed, he stayed with his friend for a month while his parents and a private investigator looked for him from there. The investigator uh, made the assumption that the game led to children losing their grip on reality and led the suic- and, and led to the suicide attempt. A book was written and later a movie starring Tom Hanks called Mazes of Monsters, based on it in 1981. Later, the investigator revealed that the suicide was attributed more to the to his overbearing mother than any game. So the background of this is he was down in a sewer trying to like commit suicide, like in a murky sewer, and yeah. I think he. He was just one of those kids who had kind of like a weird or maybe rough upbringing, had some emotional issues. And that's one of the things we're going to continue to see through a lot of these stories is that a lot of the the kids had either a mental issue were raised in a weird situation. And D&D at the time was an outlet, mm-hmm. but but wasn't the source of the issue. Yeah. And in this case, um, the investigator guy. It, it was very interesting. This lead investigator guy ended up becoming as famous as the story because of like what he wrote about what happened. Uh, and then when he later like recanted and said, like my evidence shows that that's, this isn't like necessarily the case. People mm-hmm. kind of like turn on him a little bit, but if anybody's ever seen the movie mazes and monsters, it basically is like Tom Hanks being like, Oh no. Like, I'm, uh, like they, they basically put like magic and stuff in it. And then he's like, Oh gosh, the game is like taking over. It's like taking over me. <laughs> so it's it's very much like an over exaggerated uh, like attribution to D and D. So that's the first case. Zach, you want to take oh. Patricia? Patricia pulling. She started the bothered about Dungeons and Dragons or B A D D. Bad. Bad. She started that to try and eradicate D and D after her son committed suicide. The cases were all thrown out, but she claimed a curse was put on her son uh, till her death until 1997. So her son committed suicide. Yeah. And as we know, people have committed suicide from long before D&D yeah. and long after D&D. Um, her, her son had a lot of issues, but they do. They, there was this thought for a time mm-hmm. that the violence, the satanic yeah. nature of D and D, which we know is not really satanic, but um, it, it, it could be argued the witchcraft and the magic and stuff. Yeah. So she actually, she actually made this like, well, she was waving that flag. And for a while, a lot of people were like on yeah. board, but then they slowly like slipped away in that organization and really become much yeah. of anything. There was a very similar thing with um, EverQuest. I think that was like a really online, video game. online video game that yeah. people would play. Um, and I think there was a guy who just neglected himself so much and I don't think he meant to kill himself, but he, his health got so bad that he basically ended up passing away because he was so obsessed with the game. game. He was so obsessed with the game. He didn't take care of himself. And that's another issue. I think that guy's 
mother also like started like an anti like MMORPG. Oh, kind of thing. interesting. Yeah. Well, there is actually a lot to be said about that, like overindulging. Yeah. And, like kind of letting yeah. yourself go. Sure. That that actually I I would probably ascribe to yeah. that idea. Anyway, Bob, uh, what yeah. about uh, Leith von Stein? The, the, is that, is that how you said yeah, it? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure you got it right. Yeah, Leith von Stein murder. Three D&D players, one being the stepson of Stein, used D&D to plan the murder of his mother and stepfather. All three were found guilty. Furthermore, the murder was planned with a D&D area map. So this one's mm. pretty pretty damning. Um, so the, the story behind this one is that the stepson uh, wanted, uh, there was a fortune, there was like an inheritance fortune. And so he got his buddies to kind of plan this thing to like kill both of them. But the mom survived. And the, I think the stepdad didn't, uh, which was Leith von Stein. And so what it, what it occurred was when the police came into the home, they already were like, Oh, it was D and D. Right. And so when they got into the home, they found the map and it actually had the house and like entry points and stuff on it. Yeah. So Which, in this case, that's a, uh, that's pretty rough. Well, well th- they simply used the materials. The kids used the material they had. That's true. Yeah. So again, and that just happened to be D and D in this case. So, so Bob made a point before about evil and uh, about how uh, he made this point before the podcast. And we've talked about it a little bit about how oh, objects themselves is an object evil. And so we're going to be asking yeah. that question, but um. I guess I guess it kind of leads you to another point, which would be like the who who really uh, is it the person who fires the gun and the person that's a whole bigger. Uh, uh, the, 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 let's not use that yeah, particular yeah, yeah. analogy. No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But I'm <laughs> that saying that. A, like but that's a, a series of episodes. No, but that's a but that's a question a lot of people do. They say like you yeah. know, guns don't mm-hmm. kill people. That's like a thing you see, right? So do the tools that they use to plan a murder kill the person, or was it the kid and his weird? Okay, uh, so I, I don't. I don't know that it ended up on the Excuse notes, me. but what about uh, what about Ouija boards? Okay. So, Bob, do we want to talk about Ouija boards a little bit? We well, you know it. Sure. Yeah, I'll bring this up because he, he, after he, you yeah. talk about this, I want to talk about the comic that Zach mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Please do. So. So. So here's the thing. Um, as a follower of Jesus, I will tell you right now, I will not own a Ouija board. Yeah. I, I, as, I wouldn't touch one. Yes. <laughs> I, I refuse to. I would even refuse to allow one to enter my house. OK. Yeah. OK. And here's the why, because there's absolutely nothing positive that comes from the usage of a Ouija board. The purpose of that is the purpose of that is to interact with demonic spirits or yep. those who are dead. Think- if you're a non-Christian, you would probably just say ghosts, but sure. we, we, we do begin to split hairs when you invite something that's not already yes. there into your home. Yes. And yes. It's, so, so here's the thing. Either way, the purpose of it is to do things by which the Bible has told us that we should not be engaging in. That's exactly right. Interacting yeah, with the, with, with, with the, with the other dimension. It's basically divination. World. Divination. You know? That That's yeah. a great. That's, sub- well, the Bible calls that a sin. Absolutely. Well, one of the, one of the stories we go back to again and again is the witch of Endor. And her mm. summoning of Samuel and the Ewoks. Uh, now, the, <laughs> right? And now, yes. as as we both know, as we both know, uh, in that culture, in that time, that that was considered evil culturally yeah. and in the eyes of God. So, right. So, so with that being said, I will sit here and I will say that the Ouija board itself is not evil. 
I, and the reason why I, what I'm saying is that mm. is, is is the fact that Hasbro, the makers of the Ouija board, do not have um, Satan. They worshipers. sprinkle pig's blood <laughs> on every board. Well, <laughs> that's just it. They, they, they don't they don't do anything. Yeah. They, they don't see them cursing these boards <laughs> as they're coming down. Hasbro <laughs> game. Yes. Yes, as they're coming down the assembly line yeah. of the of the factory. It's weird no, that they I'm, make it, that it, though, isn't it? Like yeah. it's coming down probably like on the same line, like right next to Candyland. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, so, but, but, but my point is, it's, it's just a manufactured yeah. piece of wood with yeah. paint, but how it's used. Its purpose that it is used for, how we as man has has designed say, to uh, use it, our usage yeah. of it is evil. Tarot so cards too. Tarot cards merely kind of the same yes, thing. Cardboard yeah. with paintings on it, and yet we as, as humans have decided to use those in a very specific manner that yeah. is not of biblical nature. So there is a counter argument to your argument. Okay, but that argument also has a counter argument. So <laughs> I will introduce the first counter to your argument, but then I'll let it hang until we talk about the rest of D and D, so that we can uh, uh-huh. lump them together. Okay? okay. So the counter argument to that argument is. If something is created specifically to do something evil. Now, hold on before you reply. If something, let's say, for example, somebody might make the case. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to keep going back to the guns thing. But if somebody, let's say, created a atomic weapon, a samurai sword, a samurai sword. Okay. And said um, this thing was created to, you know, cut people. It's his only function. So then you could you could attribute to it and say, like, this thing was meant for evil. Now, we're going to let that hang, but that is a counter argument you could make. Not saying it's a good argument. I'm saying you could make the argument about for, yeah. the Ouija board. Gotcha. Yeah. That it's meant for only yes. evil things. And, and, and once again, let me reiterate, I will not own one. I will not touch one. I don't want one in my home because there's nothing positive that comes yeah. out of it. So, but I do not believe the board itself is it with the purpose by which it was created for? So then, then we could make that same argument towards D and D. We could say, well, D and D was only created for the explicit purpose of making kids like magic and like demonic stuff. Sure. So we're gonna let that argument hang in the air, and then we're gonna talk about this fun comic book that the came chick out. Track. Can I so, read this? Yeah, please I, do. I love this this story, and I've, I've seen this comic before. It's uh. It's pretty short and you can look it up. So I did not know. They made a movie about it too. I did not know it was called a chick track. That's the Um, company. The company. It's Uh, called chick track. Tracked. T-R-A-C-T. Yes. A tract is a um, evangelism tool, is it not? Yes, it is. A tract yes. is like usually a, sm- like a, a small very, little comic to, to a do, very a short pamphlet. comic or a pamphlet to 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 yeah. quickly illustrate the gospel message. So this one was not just the gospel message; it was the D and D is evil message, but turned to Jesus instead. Um, the comic was published by Chick Tract, a company. Um, it's a publisher from the '60s. In 1984, they released Dark Dungeons. Story about a college student who gets wrapped up in a satanic cult using Dungeons and Dragons. And I remember reading this and there's like a last couple frames. I'll just give it away. They say like, I'm sorry, Lucy, your character has died. You are now worthless. Yeah. So, so, so you have no reason to live now. (laughs) So, so, so in the the first, in the first um, two or three images is a satanic cult all in robes uh with a like star pentagram on the floor. And they're all like a circle talking about their mission to like, to recruit 
yeah. like the college students and stuff. Gotcha. And so they were using Dungeon Dragons as a front. Yeah. Right. So here, here's some fun stuff about it. So the first thing is that they they wanted to dissuade anybody from playing D&D from a Christian standpoint by saying, um, look what happens when you play D&D. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of PSAs for everything else, you know, and, and this is another big topic we don't need to get to, but they have PSAs for masturbation. They have PSAs for all different kinds of things. And the Smoke. Christian, smoking. Yeah. Smoke. Marijuana. <laughs> and so, uh, so this was just another, uh, another thing like that. Now, um, it shows the story of, you know, the two girls and the one main girl kind of has a Christian guy near her. That's sort of trying to like help her to yeah, not be a right. part of it. And she's sort of like teeters back and forth. And eventually her character dies. But at that point they are like LARPing. Mm-hmm. They go like full on, like I am the character and they're yeah. like running around and stuff. You are your character, Lucy. Right. right. Yeah. And so then eventually the character dies. Oh, oh but also in the comic and in the movie, uh, the uh, weird, uh, like ringleader chick who's satanic, she's like, no, you'll learn the real, like how to do real magic spells. Yeah. Uh, like satanic witchcraft. And she's like, ooh, that's cool. And so clearly that's not a thing, <laughs> but there, there are a lot of people who believed in like the teachings of weird guys like Aleister Crowley and things like of the satanic church who believe that that stuff, you could really do that stuff. Now, am I saying that there has never been a Satanist who has tried to use D&D as a platform to recruit people? That, that probably has happened. I'm sure it's happened. I, I, I am sure that Satanists have used movies and books to also recruit people. Oh, books. Of, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm not but, telling you that that I'm oh, not but, telling but, you that, that this scenario is ridiculous. This scenario could potentially happen. I, I'll, I'll say it's mostly ridiculous. I will say <laughs> what I mean is it, the way they present it is pretty ridiculous. But I'm saying it, this is a this is something that could possibly happen. Gotcha. But even gotcha. with the, even with the comic, even with the comic itself making a point that this group uses as a satanic group uses D&D as a front. All of the players in this story are are the evil. Mm-hmm. They're only using D&D as a like front for it, like to ah. get people recruited. The satanic cult is evil. The people, it's not the D&D that condemns people to hell. It's people that condemn other people to hell. It's your own. It's your it's your own evil. You yeah. Know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's there is scripture to pre- present the idea that it is the defiling of your own heart mm-hmm. that that, yeah. com- that leads to sin a lot of times. And so and idolatry and that's right. All those other things that can go along with D&D but also a great many number of other things. So yeah. let's get down to it cuz we I want to come back to evil now. So what are we talking about? We're talking about a game. Mm-hmm. So in its base form it's a game. We're not talking about practice, we're talking about the game. Not where I give my <laughs> no, no, life. No, no. For, oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no, we're not going down that road. So, not what are we, road. so what are we talking about here? So we've talked about a lot of ways that this game has been kind of like surrounding bad things, which of course is one of the reasons, you know, the media is very good about, you know, you know, one of the things too is like Geraldo and a lot of other like media people from the eighties would just go like, Oh, we saw that he was playing video games. Oh, we saw he was playing D and D. Geraldo's yes. like still from the eighties. Like if you look at him, <laughs> the now. mustache. <laughs> so, so, so but, but here's the thing. People can use a lot of things for evil. People use cars 
to run over other people Pencil. and murder them. <laughs> there yeah. Are, yeah, that's exactly right. You can use a piano string, which is so innocent because pianos are wonderful, and you can choke somebody with <laughs> well, especially if you're part of the, of the Chicago mob. So right. So here, <laughs> so here here is the rub. Does is this game created for evil? Now, if we go back to what we know about Gary Gygax, after the first edition of D and D and D and D second edition, they removed almost all of the things that were an issue. He wanted to be very. Um, he wanted to be not only diplomatic, but it didn't make good business sense. But one of the interesting well, to be able to sell it to just your average kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, not just that, but just sort of like assuage any like worry some parents yeah. might have about uh, about the uh, the game introducing yeah. you to something illicit. Because if the game fascinated a child and introduced magic or something like that, and the kid had a, 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 a large imagination, he might become fascinated with magic in itself. You know what I'm saying? And so one of the things that Gary Gygax did as the additions went on is he kind of. He took a lot of the stuff out that was a concern for Christianity, uh, not necessarily all of it. He didn't put like Jesus in the game or anything like that, but he did take away a lot of the complaints that people had. But what's very, very interesting is a lot of these suicide things, a lot of these things people attributed to D&D was a huge, huge boost for his sales. In fact, the mazes and the, the uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, mazes and Monsters movie, like shot his sales through the roof. Yeah. And it was like an anti D and D message. So, so, so let's, so, so putting that all into reference, that, that, that goes kind of to the idea that, uh, there is no such thing as bad business or or, or bad, bad bad press publicity, bad bad press. That's it. That's I messed messed it up. That's true. Um, Yeah. There's no such thing as bad press. So, so does that mean that we shouldn't just like call out something if we think that it's, it's wrong? Absolutely not. But what I am saying is that, um, it, by creating a lot of high rise uh, out of kind of base and like mm-hmm. a lot, ignorance a lot of the time, you actually helped the business, right? Yeah. Well, look, look, I want to go back real quick to one of the small things, one of the main points there of 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 witchcraft, of sorcery and magic uh-huh. in Thank the game. You. Yes. And so th- this is going to be a major sticking point for a lot of people. Of course. Uh, for uh, and so and and I and I get it from an outsider looking in who doesn't who who doesn't understand the game. I, I don't want to introduce my kid to magic. Or witchcraft, or these, or these more satanic elements, right? Okay, but I want to go back to the idea of first of all of acting, um, of specifically this is voice acting more so than anything else. This role playing, this is voice acting, sure. Mm-hmm. And and no one's at the table is actually swinging swords or 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 in. Uh, shouting enchantments, incantations, incantations, drawing that's what pentagrams on the table. No, yeah, yeah, that. none in of that fact, happens inside the game at all. In fact. Um, most of the magic in the game, which is something that I would argue is something that would be a good positive thing for Christianity is that a lot of magic comes specifically from a deity. Now I'm not saying that multiple deities is good, but at least it introduces the idea of higher power. Now magic is not a real Mm. thing. It's not real. But if you look at like the Knights of the round table in Merlin or mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I was going to say yes. that. Chronicles like, of Narnia. They have yeah. s- you know, the Snow Witch or no, whatever no, her name no. is. Yes, the Lord Ice of, Queen. Yes, Lord of the Rings specifically. Did Ian McKellen, as he played Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, did he commit sin? Did he commit evil by playing Gandalf and casting spells in the movie? Right. No, he did not. But 
No, but, it's, but, it's, so but Sir Ian McKellen isn't necessarily a Christian, but you're right. His act, it, 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 right? But but that act itself was yeah. not inherently evil. Likewise, he, he arguably did more by using it an incantation, a fake incantation, but an incantation nonetheless. Right. As opposed to in D and D, when you want to cast a spell, you say, "I'm casting fireball." Yeah, and, and that's, that's it. Kind of how that, and you know, it's it's funny because <laughs> or, or it's, I, I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna heal that that character over there. I'm gonna use my heal right. spell. To heal that person, and that's it. You're not actually vocalizing any sort of chance, or well, it's kind of like that with Gandalf too. Like the rules about his magic are very kind of vague. Um, they're very vague, and it doesn't really go into the specifics of like he's in can he's he doesn't really like utter like magic spell words. He just does things. <laughs> he <laughs> says. Like, the dark fire shall not avail you. Yeah. Flame of well, he's Udun. Just, he's just talking to that flame of Udun. <laughs> so, so, um, so, he, so the magic aspect for anybody who doesn't understand is literally just another form of, it, of it's, it's of, a of, game of, mechanic, a, a game mechanic. So was well, it any the, different than superpowers in, in a way it's yeah. like star Wars. With That's the force. a great point. It's star it's, Wars with the force superpowers force, of super, superheroes. Yeah, superpowers. That's a great thing. Yeah, you know, I'm going to list that lift this, this heavy thing that I shouldn't actually be able to do. Is that magic? Cause Superman can do it. Well, they actually do say that wonder woman's powers are magic, which is yeah. why they are effective against Superman who in the comics has been described as or weak Doctor, to magic. Dr. Strange or Shazam, I think yeah. is technically magic, but I'm not sure the comics is a whole other ball game, but it's right. very, uh, but, but the point still stands. They just kind of do things because they have power. Yeah. That's right. In the modern era where superhero films dominate Hollywood. Okay, we, uh, we right. most people don't have an issue with superpowers. Yeah. So, so and, and yet that all that really is is a modern day interpretation of 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 fantasy magic. So, do you is is are you are you able to like we say in D and D a lot of times I hear the word flavor. Like, can you flavor your character you or take, flavor your spells? Can you take them to Flavor Town? <laughs> <laughs> but you would say maybe the word like, can you can you uh, can with your imagination or uh, the way you want to present your character, yes. could you make it witchcraft? Describe this to me. How does this play out right. in the story? So so you can use fireballs and I can use fireballs. You say, okay, well, I am I am a holy priest and I call down the, the fire of the Lord on you and fire comes down. I am over here and I can say, well, I am a warlock and I use a, like a witch potion or whatever. Those those things are, again, part of the acting process of yeah. how you play your character. Now, we're, we're about to get into something that I think is really important and that is D&D creates the opportunity to teach some things about Christianity, which I have already done on several several occasions. Yeah, you have. I have a character named Bolos who's a dwarf. So if you know Gimli from Lord of the Rings, imagine him, but a super Christian who it believes in Yahweh. It one. He believes in Yahweh. Uh -huh. So one of the things about D&D is you can just have your own deity if you want to. You can just say, I believe in this this deity. And so I said, It's kind of okay. like Paul, you know, when he's talking to yeah. the statue of the unknown God. That's, that's in right. The, in the city of Athens. And and, in, in, yeah. and what's funny is, I wanted to mention to you all, there are Christian games that are exactly like D&D. One of them is called Holy Lands. Oh, really? I've been wanting to I check that one this. out. It's really? very general. A lot of people say it's good, but it's kind of like, a you know, maybe like a vanilla or like washed down version. Like it doesn't have anything like too fancy about it sounds about right but but you <laughs> yeah but you live in a but but you live in like uh i think it's like the medieval uh, middle east and you are all mm. believers 
and you have to fight against like demons and you have to like uh, protect yourself from sin. So there's like th- ways to like counter sin so that it doesn't creep in and like corrupt you. It's pretty good. Interesting. Yeah. So, so uh, this is just a game guys, it's a game yeah. mechanic. And so what you do with that is up to you, but here I want to get into this. Now, here are some really good things you can do with D and D as a Christian. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Zach, I know you have a few. Why don't you start? Okay, I want to take it back to C.S. Lewis. Please do. Please do. Different different book. um, But there's this one thing that C.S. Lewis said. He said, since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Otherwise, you are making their destiny not brighter, but darker. There you go. So he's saying, (laughs) you know. Children are going to play imagination games. So that's right. They will. You're not going to stop them from using their imagination. So at least have them heard tales of good guys, brave knights and, and right. courage. Otherwise, when they meet real evil, they won't have like a category for the good to defeat it. So And so and, yeah. and I, I am not going to sit here and say that the Bible is boring or the stories in it are boring. I don't believe that. But. I do think that when I was a kid, I may have like glossed over and not really, really listened to yeah, the stories of the Bible. Absolutely. Because some of them are for teaching, like at a certain point in your walk with, with Christianity and not so much for a kid who's just wanting yeah. to hear like a cool story. Well, necessarily. Well, but let's be real. Those first few chapters of numbers are brutal to get through. <laughs> <It's pretty boring. laughs> so, uh, but here's, here's one thing that Jesus does time and again is parable. He's an amazing storyteller and he uses the stories to teach. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of opportunity would you have as a Christian who comes into a group of non-Christians and decides to either be the dungeon master and write a really cool teaching moment story or be a character that represents good moral quality. Now, I have come into a completely non-Christian group and a local game and now I am good friends with this guy at work and we play a lot of games together. He's not necessarily a believer or anything, but he has a lot of respect for my beliefs. And one of the interesting things was when I came into this game, I played this Bolos dwarf character who was a Christian. And I was able to not only, uh, and I've done this more than once. I did it with the Pathfinder game as well. Yeah, you did. Uh, and what was interesting is that I always end up swaying a few people in the party to become a believer which is very fun, <laughs> but not because of, but so, not so, so, no, to clarify for our, for our audience. So you're actually persuading their characters in the game. And so the, game. the character, of course. Yes, yes. And that is part of the role play. But in another way, what do you get? Really? You get a, a cool lesson. You get like to be friends with somebody. And then they say like, Oh, are you a Christian in real life? And I say, yes, I am yeah. a Christian. They kind of see a different side of it that they didn't get to yeah. see from well, going well, to church or so, so, whatever. So yeah. we've talked about evil mm-hmm. in the beginning of this episode, and we're going to continue to do that for the rest of the series. What, how do we define good and evil? So we've said that evil is the absence of good, right? So yes. what happens when you come in with a character that represents goodness in a good, positive way? And even if you're not necessarily saying like, let's all pray to Jesus right now at the table, because that might get you thrown out of the D and D group. Um, at least you can represent good Christian values or at least good Christian moral fiber yes. and, and say like, Hmm, it, in my spirit, I feel like this is the right thing to do. And, and if, if I remember correctly, uh, the way you play that character, you played him as a pacifist as 
I played him as a pacifist so as part of the so, character thing. Yes. I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that God doesn't call us to to arms at times. That's the right. thing. But but that's how you chose to represent Christianity. And so you, you are a healer for your party. You, that's you, right. you, you so more or less so once again not not to partake in the violent acts, but to help yeah. bring healing to after those situations. So I said concerned. so so one of the best things about Which him, was really neat. Another thing about being a character like that is I often try and have character development. So I say that my flaw is that I always naively try and see how there can be a way for like the bad guys we're fighting to have some kind of like common ground Mm -hmm. with us and that we wouldn't need to fight. Do you remember the time I like I said, let's just trip the big genie guy and try and make him our friend. And then I think Zach was like, all right, I'll like run into him. Cody freeze the ground behind him. So he slips. And then we like dogpiled on him. And then later Jesse was like, huh, didn't know you were going to capture him didn't know you were yeah i wasn't i, I was prepared to have him die so. and then later we were like oh well let's let's try and get an antidote and like free his mind from the corruption and then he's like hmm guess i'm your buddy now it's like yep yep you're on our team now and i'm like see isn't that an eloquent solution to the problem so i often my character had a, always has a lot of fun doing that and one story i'll share with you really quick i know we're running on time is uh when i first came into the game uh from this public group and it was my friend from work that invited me when I first came into the game and I, I made the Bolos character for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, uh, I came in and he said that my hook into being into the story was that my church community had called me because they knew there was a dire situation with the rest of the group that was like fighting this evil like dragon cult thing. Okay. And they sent me in both as uh, uh, an assistance to the group, but as a liaison to try and like get them like into safety, like negotiate. And so the church that I come from the, you know, I called it like whatever, uh, just the Orthodox church that I come from gave me a scroll, a scroll of, uh, of, of regeneration. It's like a, you know, if they're not dead that long, you can like heal them and they come back to life. And so I bring the scroll. Here's how I did it, which was like a fun lesson. And everybody was like dumbfounded by I get there, one of the party of the other people, we call a party the the group of guys that, that are all playing, you know, their characters together is called a party. And so um, I get there and one of them had died and they had like freeze framed on this fight. So they they know that I'm there and I say, I have the scroll of rejuvenation. Like, yeah, we have to go save our friend. He, he like got knocked out in the cave. We got to go and like save him. We go back in there and the whole army's right there just standing around the body like you can't take him, right? And then I was like, all right, guys, it's time for me to shine here. And I was like, sirs, we we can come to an understanding about this. There doesn't need to be any violence. And they were like, who are you? And I'm like, I am Bolos of whatever. I am the dwarf of this and that. And I, you know, and I come with a, a, a positive message from Yahweh. Positive encouraging. Encouraging message from <laughs> yes. Positive encouraging. And I and instead of using the scroll to revive our friend, they I got them to explain that our party had killed one of their important people. And I said, I am willing to give you the scroll if you let us take our friend's body and leave in peace. And and everybody at the table goes, can he do that? And then Dustin goes, roll me diplomacy or whatever. <laughs> roll me the socials thing. And I rolled and I did really good. And then the, the he said the characters were all like nervous and they were like, okay, it's a deal. And everybody was like, wait a minute, we don't have to fight these people? And it's like, nope, you 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 beat it the other way. You beat it the social way. You know, whatever. And um, then I took him back to our church and had them do like actual like church reviving of him, 
like in a temple or whatever, whatever the, the game mechanics sure. thing. Yeah. But they were so taken aback by my like passive, like let's come to like a good moral, like agreement on this. And so as a result, everybody after the game was like, what, why are you playing like that? <laughs> and I was like, this is me representing what a Christian might do in that situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. even though this is all magic and you obviously can't resurrect people from the dead, you know, except if you're Jesus. Well, well no, I mean, we, the same power has been given to us. We see the apostles do it from well, time to time. Okay, 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 okay. okay. But we That's haven't a, seen it very much in the Western culture. That's a whole nother okay, well that, issue. Well, yes. I didn't mean that it's impossible. I just meant that in terms of this scenario yeah. of a dead body being in a cave and we drag it out and, the, you know, travel. Anyway, so... um I, they were like, oh, okay. So then in the weeks to follow, I was like, yeah, I have a, 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 can I have an established church? It says here in the book that if you uh, take this background, you can have an established church in a city. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, all right, I'm preaching. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, what are you doing? I'm going to stay at the church in the morning. I'm preaching. And then one of the characters who I, one of the guys who I found out later is like sort of a Christian. He was like, all right, I'm going to listen to Bolo. So I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> and I was like, let's go, baby. But, but, but you know, roll me for uh, exegesis. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Colin, you bring up another great thing that I think is a positive aspect to D&D. So that's it, my whole story. But I thought it was a great moment to yeah. meet new guys who aren't Christian. Yeah. And they immediately wanted to ask me why, like, I played that way. And I said, because I'm a Christian. This is me yeah, being a Christian. So you were actually using this as an outreach. That's exactly right. Outreach yeah. is one of the huge opportunities of D&D. Yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah. huge. Yeah, I mean there's, there's an entire community of uh often tends to be and the reason why it's perceived this way is because it tends I mean there's a reason why stereotypes exist is that sometimes there's a shred of truth in them. Right. And so the 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 stereotype of D&D is you get a lot of nerdy people who play this game and the truth is there is a lot of social outcasts who play this. But one thing that D&D does do, and so reaching out to them is an important thing. They're, they're a missed opportunity for a lot uh-huh. of people. Um, but one other thing that the D&D often does is it does also try to uh, fix this by offering the opportunity to practice soft skills. Things like leadership, communication. You know, you've got to be able to interact with one another, communicate well um, as you're acting this out. There's a sense of teamwork, um, a sense of, of figuring out what the rules and structure of the societies are and, and understanding how to follow those. Um, but what you kind of pointed out, Colin, more specifically was even creative problem solving. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's I mean, that. incredibly creative problem solving. I mean, I believe that as Christians, we represent, we try our best to represent Christ in all that we do, right? And yeah. so what if what would it look like for a D&D player to represent Christ as a D&D player? I mean, I just think that that's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. Because we're separate we we do need to separate you know the world from ourselves, but we also are a part of the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we need to be in the world, not of the world, but we still yeah. exist in it. So if we're going to be point. in it, mm-hmm. The let's reach out while we're um, in it. I mean, I, this is going to be super controversial, but I would even say that like going to a bar with a guy who is a habitual drinker and having like one beer as an adult to say, I'm willing to meet you where you are. I don't want to get drunk, but I do want to have a good conversation with you. That I don't think is even inherently bad. That's a very controversial thing yeah, to I say. Mean, as long as it's not like somebody who's like a alcoholic where it would like damage them. No, I'm saying, I'm saying if they're like, if, if it's, like, it's like, I'm going to this bar, you can come with me or not. And sure. you're like, okay, I guess sure. I'll go. Let's, let's meet them where they are. Right. So yeah. anyway, so just as long as you don't have a white claw. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this isn't exactly the same thing. 
But in Genesis 50, 20, where it says like, as for you, you meant evil mm-hmm. against me, but God meant it for good. That's right. To bring many people. Uh, what, what I think in another term, it's like what Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. And so here's, here's where we come to. And, and this probably will be a theme throughout the series is we as Christians, like we said, are not of the world. And we also need to understand that the way that we represent Christ and all we do, I wouldn't say it makes us impervious to evil because that's impossible. We are all sinful in our nature, but we, but what happens when you go to D and D and you say, I want to represent Christ and play D and D with new Christians. And I want to make this fantasy story, a parallel for Christian, for a Christian story like, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Which he uses very. I mean, even Lord of the oh, Rings. Absolutely. They make lots of arguments. The Lord of the Rings has very, very many Christian elements in it. And so, what happens when you say, "Okay, I'm the dungeon master, and I've got like a few guys that are on the fence with Christianity"? What happens if we pray before the game, we play the game, we have lots of fun? I try and represent these cool moral uh, uh, questions, like what what's what's it better to do to to give in to your anger and seek revenge against this guy who just lit the town on fire or to listen to his apology and see about him in the town or you know mm-hmm. uh, that's just a random example but those are lessons the bible is teaching you you know what i'm saying it's like if forgiveness uh evil uh, evil uh you know consuming you and turning you into a bad person. So so you're suggesting taking it beyond just reading it and give an opportunity to act it out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and how many Christian companies and Bible schools, do you know, that use the exact same thing. They do little plays Mm -hmm. where they use elements from the Bible and just use them in, you know, modern day setting. So I guess what I'm saying is D and D to me feels a lot like just a game. And how we as Christians or how anybody would use it is what, what makes it evil or right. good. Um, I mean, you like you said, Bob, a car can be, uh, you know, you can use a car to do an evil act. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about how tempting it is if you are deranged and you're behind the wheel and it's, you know, we, a we, populated we, street or something. You know, we had that happen in China while we lived there. There was a man, he, he literally ran down the street on a, on a Tuesday, Monday morning forget which, which day it was, but school was in session uh, while kids were on their way to school, elementary school kids walking to school and trying to hit as many as possible. And so um, is is the game of D&D evil? I would say that the game of D&D is very much what you make it. The same way if you are a writer, is writing a book evil? Well, it depends on what you're writing. And so if you're playing D&D and so- you decide that you want to just go crazy and then let that bleed into your real life. And then, you know, just go crazy and be a killer or something. I, I, I don't believe that D and D has inspired you. I believe that what's going on in your spirit has inspired you because the defiling of your spirit is what leads to the evil acts, which I would say a lot of the examples we gave before where Christians had problems. I think a lot of them needed something to blame and I'm not going to blame parents but I will say that parents have a huge role in their kids' development. And if you aren't paying attention to how your kid's reacting to anything else besides D&D, and then in the end you say, well, it's because of D&D or because of video games, I think you really need to take a step back and wonder if it was something else besides that. No, 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 no. Mental illness is a big deal. And and to be fair... Mental illness is a very big deal. And to be fair, in the 80s, we were still trying to figure that out. 
it had to 70s. be it had to yeah. be the video games it had to be D. it had to be uh the violent uh movie that they were watching and so what thing what things can you do with D that are great you can you can teach you have fellowship together in person which is important i know the coronavirus has kind of kept us at an arm well more than an arm's length we've definitely seen how the in-person fellowship can be super important it can be very very important especially Especially when you miss it especially when you uh are playing a game where you can't like constantly look at your phone you have to like kind of pay attention yeah oh yeah it helps you to 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 uh uh, work your uh uh, imagination that's really the best part is you just gotta sit and talk and talk through the stuff i mean really it's it's it, it, it is not the I would argue it's not the evil thing that we we in the 80s ascribed it to be. I would say that it really comes down to what kind of spirit you have going yeah. in. If you want to use something to be evil, I mean, then then ask the question, where is that want coming from? So, you know, you got some evil in your heart there, not necessarily on, on the, the table. And that, I guess, is kind of what we're getting at here is that that's the source of evil. It's in the human heart. It's not really mm-hmm. in things. That's right. So, um, yeah, if your heart is against God, that's where the problem lies. And so as we kind of wrap up here, do you guys have any, um, you guys have any of our, like, uh, I don't know, you want to say, uh, fond gaming moments, Mm. uh, as we finish out, I mean, we got together and played that one game at my house. That was a lot of fun. We've done the one at your house. Um, man, a lot of it, it's not even necessarily about the game for me. It's really just about hanging out, the fellowship, and the hanging out. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. We played video games together and hung out. We played I remember, League of Legends oh yeah. and stuff. I remember the one time that um, it snowed really hard the day like leading up yeah. to the night that we were supposed to. <laughs> and I was like, I was I like, about. I was like, I'm not getting my car out of this. Like my car was like stuck under a snowdrift. And you, Colin, came and you uh, picked me up in your car and took me to Walmart to buy a shovel they were out of snow shovels so i bought like a, a metal spade. spade i still have mine we yeah. bought two yeah we both, we both bought those and we're like that's when we went to petri right we, we went, went to petri's we house. went to everybody's house and dug out their cars and then we and t- got everybody together so we could play and then we dug out <laughs> petri's driveway so people yeah. could get in and out safely. and then my car i i had like a volkswagen passat at the time and it yeah. got stuck in the snow again right after I parked it. And so we had to dig it out again that night. <laughs> and so, and, and, and so it's to me, I, I find it to be a really great tool for, t- for telling stories. Yeah. Uh, I find it to be a really great tool for fellowship. Um, and if that's, a, if, if, if you already have fellowship and you have storytelling involved, gosh, you have like two of the four things needed to teach a good Christian message. <laughs> the, I mean, that's, that's where I'm at with it. And so dig out everybody's car. I mean, that's being that's a good neighbor. That's so. it. And, <laughs> And one of the other things, like I said, it's a real big opportunity is a lot of the community may yeah. probably is not Christian because, you know, you, you've got guys who are just like, I'm really into video games. And then typically they're not necessarily Christian. I, I think a lot of the Christian community does like D and D now, yeah. but maybe at the time that was kind of like a fringe idea. Yeah. Um, sure. Sure. So, so but there's definitely a lot of people who don't know Jesus who play. And so it is a potential big mission field. You remember uh, Jesse Orloff's old pastor mm-hmm. when they lived in Lexington. That was kind of like their deal. Like they, he started realizing like some nerdy guys were kind of coming around his church, and he said like, "Well, what do you guys like to do?" And this pastor guy he was kind of more of a jock, really, but he's like, "Oh, you guys like to play uh, magic." So then he learned Magic the Gathering. He learned Magic the, the Gathering, and then they ended up inviting all these people who weren't Christians but played 
like to church to hang out with them. And then they actually ah, ended up moving their church. The door. They moved their church to the comic book store that sold like cards and right. D and D stuff. And they started meeting in church there because everybody was used to going there to hang out all the time. Public. Imagine that church in a place where D and D is sold. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's opportunities there. Community yep. is community is a big part of D and D. And as a result of community is a big part of church. So you can make that, that connection. Anyway, this is all we have to say on the matter. I would uh, final summation is D and D evil. I would say no. I would say that yeah. we're going to continue yeah. to understand that evil really, really is just mm-hmm. the absence of goodness. And if you have God's Holy Spirit in your heart and you bring that into D and D, I believe that God's goodness can shine in D and D. And so, to me, it is simply an inanimate kind of thing that uh, you kind of control how evil or good things are. Well, God yeah. does as well if he's a part of it. And I would, I would say every time you play D&D, if you pray that God's a part of it, maybe you will be. Where two or more <laughs> are gathered with dice and pen and paper. I have often made this joke, which is maybe not the best joke to make, but I've often made this joke, like I'll roll the dice and I'll have a good roll and somebody will roll bad. I'll be like, hmm, maybe you should have prayed about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here getting good rolls. You ever wonder why that is? Huh, anyway, I love good rolls. All right, guys, we'll listen to our podcast uh, from the series we just finished up, CCLI. Check us out on um, all the stuff. On all the stuff. Facebook, Patreon. Leave us some spooky ratings. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> check it. Oh, man, we're going to get so many ones. We'll be like, this, this is evil. Um, but check us out. Next week, we're going to be talking about horror movies, and we will catch you then. Peace. Peace. <laughs>